how to get the most insane retention possible for all of your clients. I'm going to be sharing today the four top tips that I have for you. I'm also going to cover the four biggest myths so that you know what to look out for because I have gone through the trials and errors through multiple years of what works and what doesn't work and I don't like to overcomplicate anything. So I'm going to share all of my secrets with you today. So let's get into it. Welcome to Lashy Hour. I'm Lizzie, your host, a retired cocktail waitress now running multiple businesses. My mission is to stop you from playing small and help you build the life that you've been dreaming of by teaching you everything that I've learned. Consider me the lash sister you never knew you needed. Expect lots of tea spilling and martini shaking on all of the juiciest tips, tricks, and industry secrets. Hey babe, happy Friday. Welcome back to Lashy Hour if you are new. Hello, hi, my name is Lizzie and I am your host. Happy June! Oh my god, where has the year gone? Number one, the weather has been stunning. We are now in our summer months. I live in Canada and the winter is so extremely long that this is all we look forward to all year. We wish away half of our year for this. So what do you have planned for the summer? It's like my big question for all of my clients right now because I don't have any big summer plans. I'm like the person in a Canadian summer that is like, should I leave this nice weather? Because I don't think I should. I feel like it would just be a waste. So I have a wedding. I have two weddings this summer and zero plans other than that. So my only thing is I just, my biggest fear, like I just said, how is it June? I really don't want to like record another episode and be like, oh, how is it already September? So I just want to make sure that I can enjoy this summer as much as possible. I have my little nanny from England visiting and I'm going to go and try and spend as much time with her. My parents live close to a lake. So just like having some nice chill out time up there and seeing my friends and being outside and sticking to my boundaries and my work hours If you struggle with your boundaries and you find you're working all over the map, go listen to my last episode because I touch on how to stick to your boundaries, your working hours, how to charge an after hours fee so that you get some more money for working outside of those hours. But whenever the summer starts, I just turn it into like, I don't want to work. I want to sit outside and drink cocktails all day. I really want to get into working out this summer and feeling good and going on walks. And I also want to read. I want to read lots. That's like something I love to do outside. So if you have any good book recommendations, please send them my way. My genres that I love to read. I love a good business or self-help book. And I also love like a thriller mystery, like who killed the neighbor the other neighbor was watching the whole time and saw it all go down like those types of books something like keeps you on the edge of your seat and you have to keep reading those are my favorites I've never read a romance or a spicy novel but if you've got one that's really good send it my way I could get into that I could like that Believe it or not, I've also never read a Colleen Hoover book. So if you think I need to read one of those, because I feel like last year, maybe was it even pandemic times? I My concept of time is very delusional, but everybody has gone crazy for her book. So if you have one that I should start with, or you think I should read before all the other ones, please let me know and I'll get into those as well. So today's episode, getting into it. The episode that you have all been waiting for. 
how to get the most insane retention possible for all of your clients. I'm going to be sharing today the four top tips that I have for you. I'm also going to cover the four biggest myths so that you know what to look out for because I have gone through the trials and errors through multiple years of what works and what doesn't work and I don't like to overcomplicate anything. So I'm going to share all of my secrets with you today. So let's get into it. Now, like I was just saying, I like to keep things as easy as possible. I really think sometimes our lash industry likes to overcomplicate everything and it really doesn't have to be. If I'm doing a job, what is that saying? I am always trying to work smarter and not harder because what is the point? Quite literally, what is the point? So I'm going to break it down really simple for you today and I'm not going to overcomplicate anything. I also am going to create a free retention course that if you make it to the end of this episode, I will be sharing with you how you can get your hands on a free retention course because personally, I hate it when people charge for retention courses. Sometimes I see them up towards like a thousand dollars to learn how to get great retention when realistically the course you purchased originally should have covered retention. It just makes me really upset. So I want to share with you everything that I've learned. I've literally just trialed and errored everything and broken it down to the easiest possible thing. Even things that I thought a year ago were so mandatory for our business and for like the adhesive to work with our clients' natural lashes. Now I don't really focus on it too much and my retention is still amazing. So I'm going to start with point one today which is cleansing your client's lashes. The amount of clients that I get that are new that say, I've never had a lash bath before. Girl, what are you doing? You need to be washing your client's lashes. Number one, it is an essential step in the lash process. Number two, you need to have a clean base if you want good retention. The analogy that I always share with my clients when they ask me why I do lash baths and the analogy that I also share with all of my students is that If you were to be sticking a piece of tape onto a surface, like let's say a desk, if you stick that piece of tape to a dusty desk, the tape is going to stick itself to all the dust, not the actual desk. So the tape is literally going to come right off. And that is the exact same thing when it comes to lash extensions. When you go to place your lash extension or the fan onto a dirty eyelash, whether that is just like oil from the day or built up makeup from whatever, like whatever it may be, it is going to stick to that and not the cuticle of the hair. And that's what we need it to adhere to, to give you that three to four week retention. Washing your client's lashes as well will just always make sure they look beautiful. There are times that clients come in and I can tell right off the bat that they have not washed their lashes. Sometimes they'll be like, oh, I washed my lashes this morning. And I'm like, sure you have, hon. And I can tell that they haven't because you can see that oily buildup of where most of the time with fans, the fans will close up or kind of like stick together. So they just look really chunky and PC. And as soon as you wash them and dry them, they become the most beautiful, fluffy lashes all over again. So that's another reason why you need to be washing your client's lashes. Now, getting into primer, I personally don't use a primer. I had bought a primer back when I first started my career 
and I never really used it and the only times that I did use it I would always have clients kind of complain about the sensation or how it felt on their lashes or sometimes I would have clients who had like mild sensitivities to it and then upon researching if you have a primer at home give the label a little read most of the time a primer is alcohol so would you put alcohol on your face? The only time I'm ever putting alcohol on my face is when I'm going in for my Botox and they have to thoroughly clean my face before injecting me. That is the only time I'm putting alcohol on my face. For lashes, it is not necessary. A good deep clean with a good cleanser when you're doing it and you can know how deep you're getting into the base of the lashes and how close you're getting to the lash line that is what you need to be doing. Don't worry about primer. I haven't done enough research into primer and I'm someone who I don't believe when things are told to me. I need to do the research myself. But what I do know is what I've seen online is that a lot of people will talk about how an alcohol-based primer will open the cuticle too much, causing the hair to become brittle, which means that the lash adhesive won't attach very well to a brittle lash or a brittle hair it'll just break away so that's why I don't mess around with the primers I just don't think they're necessary I think that a good deep clean when you're washing your client's lashes for them again I don't even trust my clients to go to the washroom and wash them because I just want to make sure that they are cleaned as thoroughly as possible so that I know that that is one of the steps that I can cross out if I ever have a client message me about bad retention and that's the thing I want to make sure I'm doing all of my due diligence so that if I ever get that text message from a client saying hey babe, all of my lashes fell out, then I can cross things off. Number one, I washed their lashes. That is my first point going into point two today is that you are probably not using enough adhesive. And again, this is something that we have been drilled with for years. And trust me, it is scary. And if you are scared picking up more adhesive, please feel free to send me a picture of how much you're picking up and I can kind of guide you through the process of if it's right or wrong. Again, in the lash industry, there are no right or wrongs, but there are definitely things that we should stick to and things that feel safe. And like I've said, with the trial and error that I've done, I've noticed none of my clients' lashes have been damaged due to me picking up more glue and using more glue. So I can kind of help you through this like next little transition of you using more glue. So the amount that you need to be picking up is called a micro dot. Now, there are so many times, like I said, back before when we used to be drilled by the lash industry saying that you need to just dip the base into your glue dot and slowly pull out so that it is evenly coated. Now, I used to do this. I used to do it all the time and I used to have retention problems all the time. I'd have clients be like, can you just do something differently because my lashes aren't lasting? I love the way they look, but they're just not lasting. I have been to nail salons and my lashes last so much longer than what when you do them. And do you know how much that hurts? That hurts so much for someone to say that, but realistically that client would come in and her lashes like I could not even remove the outgrown ones because of how much glue the nail salon used on her so using the right amount is a micro dot so you don't want a huge glob on the end of the base you also don't want it just to be evenly coated because it's not enough glue you need a little dot that can disperse when it hits the natural lash I've even taken 
mentoring before or other courses before in the past that have said, oh, maybe watch the amount of glue that you're picking up. So I was drilled for so long. And until I started picking up a little bit more glue, which I saw like one other lash tech talking about it online, my retention completely changed, which makes a hundred percent sense. How I was saying at the beginning of this episode, I'm going to break it down to like the most simple terms today. One of the things that one of my best friends said at the beginning of my lash journey, which she's not a lash tech. She's never taken a course. She doesn't understand it. She doesn't know how it works. I remember I used to vent to her and be like, oh my goodness, like I have so many clients who are just having terrible retention. I don't know what's going on. Must be that they're using makeup around their eyes and yeah, yeah, yeah. And my friend would just say, can you not just use more glue? And I'm like, no, how dare you even say that? We cannot use more glue. I need to be evenly coating the bases. So common sense says, pick up more glue. It's going to last a little longer, just like anything else you do. If you're super gluing something together, if you use a little bit more glue, it's going to stick better, right? Like really try it. Please message me if it changes your retention game. Like if you start doing this and you're like, holy crap, Lizzie, please send me a message because I want to know how well you're doing. My third point today is how you apply that glue dot and the extension onto a natural lash. Now, I've kind of coined this my own term. So you're very welcome to be welcomed into my world for me to literally tell you all of my secrets. Like I'm literally not holding anything back today. I have created my own little technique for how I attach an extension onto a natural lash and I have called it the pop and lock method. Now I know it sounds funny but the way that it works is the pop part of this method is when you are trying to pick up that glue dot you've probably been so drilled to go in slowly and out slowly. You need to have a quick little pop. Now again like going too fast will create too big of a micro dot. The smallest adjustment in your hand to do a tiny little pop will give you that micro glue dot that we're looking for. And then the lock part of this method is when you go to attach to the natural lash. Now, if your humidity is right and your temperature is right in the room and you have picked up the right amount of glue, all three of those things in synergy will work together to create the perfect way to apply the extension, which is when you go to attach it to your natural lash, you want to shimmy it up and down on the natural lash ever so slightly just so that glue dot goes from being a ball or a sphere and then it basically grabs the whole base of that extension onto the natural lash. You'll see literally like from a small small area of where you have that glue dot it then locks in like a third of your extension and again common sense teaches us that having more glue on more surface area of the extension and the natural lash obviously is going to last longer than having like the very tip of the extension only attached, right? Like if you have more of the extension attached onto more of the natural lash, it's going to last longer, common sense. So my pop and lock method helps you attach more of the extension on. Again, try this out. Let me know how it goes because truly I like I probably should charge for this because I could really change 
the way that you lash and change your whole business for your clients. But like I was saying, I really truly believe that every lash tech and every lash artist deserves to know this information for free because this is a part of the basics of our career. The fourth and final point for my four top tips for attention today is your environment. Now, I know this can get a little bit confusing for people, especially if you're new in the industry because of the difference of humidity and temperature. So I'm going to kind of break it down again to the simplest way possible to remember. And then I'm going to go into kind of like what I do and what I look for. So all adhesives work in all different environments. So whenever someone asks in Facebook groups, for instance, what is the best lash glue? There is no real best answer for that one person because somebody who lashes in Arizona where it's dry is going to be completely different than someone lashing in Ontario where we have extreme humidity in the summertime. You need to find an adhesive and a glue that works in your environment. And this is where you can manipulate your environment. So like I said, our Ontario summers are very hot and very humid. Now we know that humidity doesn't work very well for lash adhesive because lash adhesive cures and dries with moisture. So if there is a lot of humidity in the air, that means there's a lot of water and moisture in the air. So a lash adhesive is going to dry very fast because it's going to be able to grab those water particles in the air very fast. So if it is too humid in your room, you need to have a dehumidifier, which will suck the water out of the air. If your room is too dry, you need to have a humidifier that pumps humidity and moisture into the air right? That's the negative and the positive between your humidity levels. To be able to read your humidity levels, you need to have a high grow meter. It's going to tell you the percentage of the humidity and it's also going to tell you the um, Celsius or Fahrenheit, whatever you read your temperature in for your room as well. So like I was saying, if your humidity is like mine is approximately between like 30 to 45, I should go and find an adhesive that works in an environment between 30 and 45% humidity. There is no point that someone tells me this glue is the best glue. And then I go to the website and it works best in 75% humidity. And if my room can't get to 75% humidity, then there's no point of me using it. I may as well just find something that works for me. Again, keeping it as simple and easy as possible. My favorite adhesive, I'm not even going to gatekeep this from you guys, is Untamed Artistry Retention. That's literally the name of the glue. It's my absolute favorite and I've been using it for three, maybe four years. I stock in all of my student kits because again, it was something that really up-leveled my retention for all of my clients. So like I was talking about humidity, temperature also plays a huge role in this. The higher the temperature in your room cures the glue a lot faster as well. Lash adhesive needs to be able to be stabilized within a normal temperature in a room. And that usually is approximately between like 18 to 21 degrees Celsius. Again, all glues work differently and you need to read what your manufacturer says on the glue. Untamed artistry, that's what I know it works best in. If my temperature is around like 19 to 21, it's fine. Anything above 22, it starts to get a little tacky. That is one of the myths I'm going to go into after. But as soon as my adhesive changes consistency, I throw it away and I restart. But the reason why it'll change consistency is because of your temperature and your humidity. Because of the consistency changing, it means that it's drying and curing. I hope that makes sense. That was a fast ramble. 
If that doesn't make sense, please rewind, press play and sit down with a notepad because as soon as you can write those things down and read them over and over again, they will make pure sense to you. Now, something that I was talking about very beginning of the episode with how things that I used to really, really monitor that I don't anymore is my humidity and temperature, which I know that sounds so controversial because I just told you it's very important and it is very important for your glue to work the way it does. But I will say before, I used to hyper-analyze my hygrometer. I would make sure that my humidity had to be at a certain level and I would like check it all the time. And now I don't do that. The only thing I do really monitor is my heat level and the temperature in my room because I will say the last two days of working, it has been warm and my glue dot, I've had to change it way faster than usual because it's just got really tacky and it's because my room is getting to like 24 degrees and I, I can feel it like I'm uncomfortable working in there. So that on one hand, I really do monitor. Like if it gets too warm, I'm changing my glue dot and I will try and turn down my temperature in my house a little bit faster so that I can get it to the temperature I need it to be at. Now, I like I said, I'm really not monitoring how my humidity is kind of varying back and forth. For one of my summers that I had, I was using a dehumidifier because I was like, oh my goodness, it's like 60% outside. I need to be boosting it or I need to be declining it inside. And I was doing that for this whole summer. And because my dehumidifier was pumping so hard and working so hard, it would produce a lot of heat in my room. So that would create the heat and then my glue was curing fast as well. And it was just like a double negative that wasn't making sense. So the summer after, I just left it. I took the dehumidifier out of the room and I just left my room and it worked fine. Like I was not suffering at all. My glue dot was staying fresher because it wasn't so warm in there because of it working so hard. And the whole summer I was absolutely fine. I actually started using my humidifier just to help me be able to work a little bit faster because obviously again, picking up that little bit more glue will make that dry a little bit slower because you're picking up more glue to cure and I wanted to work just as fast. So I started using my humidifier in the summer and honestly, it was working perfectly again for me. I find that as long as I'm like sticking within that average that's told from your manufacturer, that my glue works completely fine. So I just have like my humidifier, I have it set to a certain percentage, which I set it around 60 because I know that it never gets to 60. If I put it at 60, it gets around like 40 to 5, 50-ish. And I just have that running all the time. And honestly, my re retention has been just as good. Nothing has changed at all. So I really challenge you to challenge everything that you know in this industry. And I really, really want you to like go against the grain and try different things and see if it works for you. Because sometimes, like I was saying, I was told that a dehumidifier was going to work for me, but because it was creating too much heat, it was actually doing the opposite and it wasn't, wasn't doing any favors for me whatsoever. So just trying something new really helped me change everything. So last summer was a summer that I thought, again, oh, well, everyone has worse retention in the summer. Like that's just a known, that's just a given. Like everyone's just like harder on their lashes. But because I was using more adhesive, all of my clients had the same retention during the summer as they did all year round. 
crazy like I literally never thought I'd see the day like I see these big brands these big suppliers post these reels being like this is what your clients need to avoid in the summertime SPF swimming sweating all these things and I'm like okay well that those are all the fun things those are all the things that we look forward to I'm not going to tell my client to not do those things especially SPF sweetie I'm paid both I pay for Botox to not have wrinkles which is why I have to lather my body in SPF every day my skin does not touch the sun and just because I do that doesn't mean that I shouldn't be allowed to wear lash extensions so like I said test all the things you know I'm telling you right now picking up a little bit more glue is probably going to do the absolute most for retention so like I said please let me know when you do those things so that I can I can just know that I helped somebody out even if it's just one of you please let me know and now I want to get into the myths in the lash industry that have been busted in the last like 12 months. But in case you live under a rock still, I'm here to help you and guide you. And I want to tell you what I figured out for myself as well. So number one is that you cannot get your lashes wet within 24 hours of your appointment. That is myth busted. You can absolutely get your lashes wet whenever you want to. I have a few clients that are a little bit sensitive and develop like very mild allergy symptoms. It's not a full-blown allergy, but they do get a little swollen, a little itchy, but it it's not a lot whatsoever. And what we've found is that if I wash their lashes immediately after their appointment, it kind of subsidizes those symptoms and they can continue wearing lash extensions. So I will let you know, I did poo myself while I did that first lash bath. It was so scary because I was like, if I just worked for two hours to do this lash bath and for all of her lashes to fall out, I will literally cry like tears on her forehead. But it didn't. Nothing changed whatsoever. Like the same retention. It was just humorous in the sense that we get told something and nobody ever challenges it. And then when someone does, it's like the whole industry changes. So that is myth busting number one. The second myth today is that oil breaks down lash adhesive. Again, I want you to challenge everything. A lot of people will say oil and glue don't mix and that they're not friends. And you're right, they aren't the best of friends. But that is if oil is sitting on the natural lashes. If someone has very oil natural lashes, then yes, their retention is not going to be as good as someone who doesn't have oily lashes. And that's kind of where you have to really understand that not every client is going to have the most insane retention. I will say like 90% of my clients have three to four week retention, but I do have a very small handful of clients who just have oily skin and oily eyelids and oily lashes and their lashes will look beautiful for like a week and a half, two weeks, and they come in every two weeks. That is their decision if they want to continue wearing lash extensions. It's just a different cuticle in that natural hair that is different for each client. And there are just some people that aren't the best candidates for lash extensions. But like I said, they still want to wear them and still continue to wear them. I will do some digging one day and test things out for if a certain primer, like a water-based primer instead of a alcohol-based primer works good for those clients. But that is another episode for another day. So oil breaks down lash adhesive. Now, most of the time, yeah, you've heard like, oh, if you want to remove your lashes, just take coconut oil and rub it all over your eyes. Now, myself personally, I believe that if your attachment is perfect and you have enough glue, oil will not remove those lashes. We use a very chemically based remover to remove lash extensions, right? So coconut oil 
she's not doing the same job whatsoever. But what my opinion is, is that if you have lifted bases, that coconut oil can slip in between, creating a barrier in between the two, loosening the extension off the natural lash. But it does not break down the glue or dissolve the glue. That's not what it does. Again, another theory that I have with like the whole coconut oil thing is friction. Like if you're rubbing your eyes, that is the one thing that will cause your lash extensions to pop off because of literal pressure and force. Of course, it's going to come off. So those are my theories around the oil. And again, like test it out. I have put like oil on top of dried glue in like a glue ring or like a glue tray to see if I can pop the adhesive out of the tray and it doesn't come out and it doesn't break down and it doesn't dissolve because oil does not dissolve and break down lash adhesive. The third myth today is that you have to be changing your glue dot every 20 minutes. Again, I personally think this was developed and told by lash brands and lash suppliers so that they can be making you use more adhesive so that you have to buy more adhesive. Because again, testing the theory out, if my lash dot or my my lash, if my glue dot or anything, like I use a glue ring personally, if the glue in my glue ring has not changed consistency, changed color, changed texture, changed viscosity, if it hasn't changed at all, why am I throwing it out? Why am I getting a new glue dot? Like that doesn't make sense to me. So again, I challenge all the things that I get told. And right now I use two drops of glue in my glue ring and I don't change it for two hours. It stays fresh for two hours. Now I will say glue dot on tape will get a little tackier, a little faster compared to in a glue ring. A glue ring, because all of the sides are enclosed, it gives it a little bit more protection from like oxygen and moisture in the air. So it does last a lot longer than just having a glue dot on tape. But I just want you to challenge that. Like if your adhesive hasn't changed in consistency or texture, don't change it. Continue lashing and see what happens. Because if you can be saving, like Every 20 minutes, that's a lot of glue to be using. Like, especially, like I said, my fills are two hours. It's a lot of glue dots to be using if it's unnecessary, right? So definitely challenge that. See how long your glue dot can get you before it changes consistency. And that's my rule of thumb is sometimes my glue dot can get tacky in 20 minutes because my temperature is way too high. Sometimes my glue dot doesn't get tacky because my temperature is what it has to be at. So challenge it learn and use your environment to manipulate your glue to make it last longer. And then my last myth of the day here today, you are here on this episode. This is a long one today, but the last one today is that a new glue is needed every four to six weeks. Again, tell me why. Tell me why I need to buy a new glue or open a new glue every four weeks if the consistency is exactly the same as from day one challenge that as well because I've had I mean yes I am a busy lash tech and sometimes I would go through glue bottles in like two weeks but sometimes if I've been on a vacation or whatever it may be I've had glue bottles that last me like eight weeks and the consistency doesn't change 
Untamed Artistry, the glue that I use from them, even they say now you don't have to shake your glue bottle. We were drilled in the fact that we should be using like glue shakers and these like big contraptions to vibrate our glue bottles to mix it thoroughly. And now Untamed Artistry is like you don't even need to mix your glue. Like it's already it's already shaken for you. Like you don't have to do it. Now I will do like one little quick shake in the morning at the beginning of my day because again, things that we have had drilled into us for the last decade are hard to break sometimes, but challenge it, see if it works. And if it does work, amazing. If it doesn't work, then start shaking your glue. But these little things can be saving you short little minutes in your application time that can make you lash faster and get your clients out quicker as well. I'm going to throw in one more myth today. I know this is myth number five, but this is again something that I have tried that I didn't see any change with. Now, this is about bonders. Now, I don't know the science behind it, but again, this is my common sense telling me not to use these things. I was using a bonder for a little bit and I had like a few clients that again were complaining of like sensitivities and saying that it stung their eyes and that it didn't feel very good and I was actually having worse retention when I was using a bonder. I'm not sure the science on that but my theory of why I stopped using bonders and primers is because number one, Lash adhesive is very chemical based already. I don't want to be putting any more chemicals that I have to on my client. If I can keep it as clean as possible by using like a gentle soap and water and then the glue being the worst part about the whole service. At the end of my service, I usually use a nanomister and that is literally just water. If that's what I can do for my clients, I'm going to do it for them because that is going to feel the best for them and their skin. So my theory with the bonder is I don't know what chemical is going to penetrate inside of plastic. Now you're like plastic, what are you talking about? Cyanacrylate or a glue or our lash glue, essentially when it cures, it cures into a plastic, which is why we need a very heavy chemical-based remover to break down those molecules because it literally turns into a plastic. So when people are like, a super bonder is gonna make your lashes last so much longer. I'm like, how is this liquid penetrating into plastic. How is it going to make plastic last longer? Like, I just don't understand that, which goes back to your application and how much glue you're using and having a clean base is going to get you the most incredible retention. Now, this is a longer episode today. I appreciate it if you made it to the end. As promised, I do have a free retention course that I am willing to give away to anybody who needs it. Anyone who needs that little extra help. I have so many people in my DMs always asking me retention advice or problems they're receiving with their clients. So I wanted to create this free course so that you can kind of take this information in your own time and sit down and take some notes and learn at your own pace. So to get this free course, all I want for you to do is take a screenshot of you listening to this episode today and post it onto your story and make sure you tag me so that I can see it. Then just slide into my DMs and tell me that you're looking for the free course and I will get you set up with it and sent right to your email address. So thank you so much for listening and spending so much time with me today. I appreciate every one of you, all of my listeners. I love you so, so much. If you don't know where to find me on social media, you can find me on socials at Lash Sis Lizzie. 
make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode and if you think that someone else would also benefit from this episode you've got another lash sister in the community that struggles with her attention please send this episode to her because sisters don't gatekeep thank you so much for being here again enjoy your freaking weekend i will see you next friday at lashy hour bye